everybody. Welcome to Living in Control. I'm Amiza Abraham. And I'm Reza Abraham. In this episode, we're having conversation with Reza, talking about his book titled In Control, a systematic approach on how to get complete control of your life and career. So stick around. Before we start, I just want to put it out there that Reza is my husband and I have been part of this journey together with him. But today, I am going to have a chat with him about the book, um, how the whole concept of In Control was formed, his aspiration on the beginning of an In Control movement, and of course, um, to get to know him a bit more. So, Reza, are you ready? Yep. <laughs> okay, Let's great. do it. Great. So let's start by asking this question, yeah? What made you decide to write this book? Um, I mean, we've read a lot of books, um, watched talks, and listened to well-known authors, and uh, most of them have interesting backstories. Um, what, what's in Control's backstories? Uh, so when I decided to write the book, I noticed uh, most famous authors and speakers started the book by sharing about a massive trauma that they have gone through. For example, a near-death accident, a bitter divorce, a tragedy, a bully, an addiction, or lost a loved one. And probably that makes their story very appealing because they managed to get through that uh and uh, it seems inspiring for millions. But what about others? Like, I bet 80% of the world population probably and hopefully uh, never go through all these things. And when I reflected on my life, I, I couldn't see anything wrong. You know, I have been blessed with a great childhood, a loving family, an enjoyable career. And I often do what I was very passionate about. So I, I did not experience a major trauma in my life. And, uh, well, we all had some troubles and heartaches, but I had a fair share of great things that happened in my life, too, that I could be very thankful for. To make it simple, there was nothing massively wrong with the quality of my life and job. And I think that resonates with many people out there. But there was always this barrier that was holding me back to explore my true potential, there were these invisible strings that somehow pulled me back. I, I couldn't do everything that I wanted to do with my life. So there was this point that I started to remain static at where I was. Then there was the sense of fear, you know, of trying mm -hmm. uh, and failing. And then I had this commitment towards my family, my team, and everyone else that I care. And that really amplified this fear. Mm -hmm. So everyone around me could could see me as a jovial, empowered, living a good life, working with so many great clients, uh, having a happy family. But what they did not see was the struggle deep inside, I, uh, where I could not see myself making progress in my terms and my control. Mm -hmm. So I found myself in, a, in this rat race that was inspiring on the outside, but kind of hollow on the inside. Mm. So one day, I noticed it very strongly that I know what was wrong with me. And the answer was, I was not in control of my life and career. Mm -hmm. So I started sharing this idea with the people that I care about. And uh, I was amazed, you know, 
that uh, it seems like everyone was feeling the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone I spoke to was curious to know how one can be in control of their life and career. And of course, in a systematic way, because often you hear people talk about the secret behind success, but we don't want to know the secret. We want to know the system. Mm -hmm. And uh, the definition of the system, which I love the most, and I heard it many years ago from this guy by the name of Bob Berg. So he said, system can help an ordinary person achieve an extraordinary result predictably. It Mm. means that even if you are not talented, even if you don't have a lot of like um, skills within you, if you follow the system, you can still achieve a success. So Mm. the more people I talked to, the more certain I became that this is my calling in life and I'm making sure to exemplify this in my personal life and career and inspire more people to move towards this journey. And Uh, I am in control of how I want to build myself and the community. And I want to be remembered for creating a systematic approach on how to be in control of your life and career. Mm, Very interesting. So you mentioned about um, the fact that, you know, you you had a grateful, I mean, a great childhood Mm. and you have lived um, a a pretty decent, decent life growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you mind sharing with our listeners about your background, um, your story? I mean, not professionally, um, your personal story, your 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 childhood. Yeah, I I, I born and raised in capital city of Iran, Tehran. Mm-hmm. So I was not the smartest, but uh, <laughs> I was very hardworking, intense, competitive middle child of three boys. So <laughs> my my parents always say like I was. I was the most obedient one, you know, maybe second child syndrome. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not really, but I wanted to be the best. I felt very guilty to do anything that frustrates my, my parents. Yeah. So I love reading, uh, learning, attending different classes from sport to art to science, to mathematics. Not, not, not too nerdy, but I always wanted to find my own strength, like in every sport, talent and academic. So it has made me a jal and uh, unpredictable child. So that was my way to take control of the things when I could not compete with those who were better than me. And uh, for, for your information, Iran is a very, very competitive nation we, with, uh, with high emphasis on education. And uh, of course, English is not our first language and we did not have much access to international TV channels back in 19th, you know. So we needed to attend English language centers to learn about proper English, though it was taught at the school, but not much being used outside classroom. Mm -hmm. So uh, education was extremely important for my parents, and they have been very, very supportive of learning. So they bring us to these international book fairs, and uh, that was our easiest way to interact with foreigners back then. So I was courageous enough to talk to them. And it was, it was strange to talk to someone who does not understand your mother tongue. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but, but it feels good, you know. So you could see uh, others staring at me with wonder. It's, it's kind of set me apart from many. My hard work was of attending uh, those English classes paid off. And it was the first time that I could see the fruits of my effort. Mm-hmm. So 
that that encourages me to learn more day by day. And one day I was having this conversation with uh, our neighborhood's tailor on how he was planning to migrate to Australia, and he knew nothing about English. Aha! Uh-huh. That 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 was actually is a light bulb moment for me. I saw the opportunity and. Immediately, I offered him that I could teach him, mm. and he accepted. Wow. I, I, I could not believe it. My my first official teaching experience was about to take place. You know, I was very excited. I remember once I got out of his shop, I I ran all the way home feeling so overwhelmed, and uh, I, I I could not wait to share with this with my parents. I was 15 years old. Little did I know that my life is going to shape. You know, I was stepping into my passion zone, one step closer, probably to be in control. So uh, it felt so good. It felt so good. He was probably uh, maybe 20 years older than me. And uh, I could see the power of knowledge. You know, he respected me. He, He does not have age barrier there. So it was so satisfying to see someone learning something. And I fall in love with teaching. And I spent days to prepare for the next session. I, I, I could see clearly that I was good at it, you know? Hmm. Yeah. So um, where where did you get that talent um, and, and passion from? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you mentioned that you you fell in love with teaching. So where where did it where did it come from? I think I think the the, the talent of teaching is something that I inherited from my mother, mm-hmm. who was graduated as a child psychologist and a kind of serious, introvert, loving, highly sensitive. And and she has spent her whole life teaching at the school from primary to secondary school. So I I, I always see teachers as powerful people who can inspire the future of others, making difference in people's life. So empowering. You know, I I, I continue exploring new opportunities in teaching whatever I knew. (laughs) That, that, That experience planted the seeds of love for sharing in me. I recall uh, the all the way growing up, my way of learning was to pretend that I was teaching it to someone else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's 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 one way of learning, right? Yep. Yeah. So, but um, what about your father? How how did he influence you? I mean, you spoke about your mom. Yeah. So, what about your father? So, my father on the other side was a banker. So. He, he built a successful career as a leader, very energetic, athletic, generous, honest, trustworthy guy, hardworking. Mm-hmm. And one thing about him, he has an extreme social skill. I yeah. mean, seriously, extreme. Yep, yep. Uh, extreme. <laughs> so he, he, he could connect with everybody in a second. He could walk into an elevator and by the time reaches to the fifth floor, he already made a new friend. You know, <laughs> I, I could not help it to not learning about leadership and sales from him. So I learned early in life that people only would like to do business with someone whom they know, whom they like, and whom they trust. And my father was really, really a living example of that principle. I And, and I can tell you that I fall perfectly in between both my parents. I love to teach and I'm very comfortable connecting with people. And uh, I, I also carry forward my interest of making sure everywhere I, that I go, I can mm-hmm. touch people's life. Mm. So 
um, where is the point or moment where you started to fall in love with reading and self-development? So, uh, I would say it was uh, like maybe 1998 or something uh, when, when I was like 16 years old. Uh, when I read the very first self-help book from legendary Tony Robbins. So uh, his book about, uh, the name of the book is Awaken the Giant Within. Uh, I read the book, a Persian translated, and I felt so inspired, so inspired. I think he planted the seeds of greatness in my heart mm. at that point. You know, the quotes like, uh, the three decisions that we all control in each moment of our lives, what to focus on, what things mean, and what to do in spite of the challenges that may appear to limit us. Or uh, another quote like, um, know that it's, it's always your decision, not your condition, that determine your destiny. Mm-hmm. So it's this, the, reading this, all these quotes was like talking to me. And I was feeling already pumped up. It wasn't popular to talk about it with other kids at that time, but my parents were always very interested to listen to us. So talking about all this stuff and encouraging us to read more books. You know, my, my dad always asked us to summarize the book, though it was not our favorite activity back then. And uh, in some days, just an hour before he reaches home from the office, we quickly copy some part of the book on the paper to show we have done it. But the challenge was that uh, he, he then, you know, surprised us by asking like, that uh, this, this, he got these three questions he always asks us, like, what did you learn? What did you uh, love about the book? And what did you laugh about the book? And uh, my goodness, <laughs> we must use our imagination to the best of our ability to, to elaborate the key lessons that we learned. But I, I, I must admit that those books had impacted my life in a very, very big way. <laughs> So your father had um, outsmart you guys to <laughs> not cheat on the book summary. Yep. Yeah. So that's a nice ra- reminiscent uh, uh, memories of uh, your childhood. Uh, looking back in your life, uh, when was the moment that you realized the notion of living an in-controlled life rooted from? Mm. Uh, is it something that it happens just recently or you know it started like way back when uh okay so i was 19 when i first left the house to a different city mm-hmm. to study my degree in engineering mm. so when i was 20 uh 3 days in a week i was having classes and uh, the, the rest, I was teaching English and physics to high school students. So that was my week. And I look way younger than my age, but <laughs> needed to wear a suit to match it up in front of the students, who, who some of them, they really look older than me. But as soon as I realized it wasn't really the age that, say, who controls inside the class, mm-hmm. uh, it's the knowledge and the competency that show the territory. Yeah. So I, I started developing my own content. And uh, later on, uh, two days also in a week, I, I traveled to another city and work as a part-time engineer in, in a factory nearby our, our university. Uh, while I also got myself exposed to 
sales. So I was doing insurance sales as a side income. I was, uh, I was young, you know, dedicated, fearless, and just like 22 when I, I, I started actually my first own company. Oh, okay. So I, I sourced and uh, brought a group of teachers from Tehran where the capital was located to conduct classes in the city where I was studying in the north part of Iran. It was very challenging, but I loved it. I felt I could make a difference for these kids, you know, to have the access to the best teachers who only taught at that time in the capital. So it was a very tough job to convince them as uh, they got paid few times more in the capital. And I needed to use empathy, uh, convince a group of teachers to, to do something for more than just money. And uh, when the first teacher agreed to do this for me, it was the first time that I understood the importance of influencing skills and uh, being focused on your purpose and, uh, you know, money will eventually come. I see. Um, fast forward to today. Let's talk about how's your life right now. Um, what brought you to Malaysia and um, your adulthood experience that made you who you are today? Yeah, inter- uh, that, that, that's, that's very interesting because during my, my final semester at the university, most of my friends who had some relatives and family members in other countries or they have uh, money or some form of sponsorship started to move to places like US, Canada, uh, UK, Australia. But, but life had a different plan for me. So during one of our final courses, the, the lecturers spoke about a country by the name of Malaysia. And all I heard about is uh, that time it was just just this city called Kuala Lumpur where I heard its name a couple of times through a journalist who's been uh, reporting from there. So it was early 2000 and I did not know any better. And that sounded like a good start, you know, to get out of the family comfort once again. And this time, uh, a different country. So together with uh, an old friend of mine, we both moved to Malaysia. It was probably my first international trip without my parents' presence. <laughs> so, so I was excited, anxious, proud, you know, and I, I felt that the territory of me being in control of my destiny just got one layer broadened. While I could have a stay in the comfort and safety of the family, I, 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 I choose to leave and explore something that I have never done before. So my family was very supportive of my decision, of course. Um, I knew what I was very good at. I, I study hard, work hard, teaching, writing, traveling, connecting with people. These are all the things that I, I was very, very passionate about. So moving to Malaysia has opened up many doors for me to travel, see the world, And uh, most importantly, I have the chance to meet some of my favorite idols in life, you know, who I only heard or saw their names in the books and videos, probably. People like um, Jim Ron, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Joel Austin, Vane Dyer, Dennis Waitley, who else? Uh, Deepak Chopra, you know, John C. Maxwell, T. Harvaker, Robert Kiyosaki, and many more, you know, I I had a chance to meet them in person. So today, um, close to two decades later, it's been a wonderful journey. I traveled tens of thousands of miles, ventured into multiple businesses, work at and with, 
of course, uh, many uh, multinational companies and local brands, well, failed many times, moved to many locations. And uh, now I'm calling Malaysia my second home. And I'm a father <laughs> of two wonderful boys, a husband to a lovely wife, <laughs> who are reason for uh, why I'm grateful every day and my motivation for success. You know, So beside my son, uh, who I'm most proud of in my life, and the reason for me to wake up every single day um, is to have the chance to share the knowledge I have mm-hmm. gained all these years with others. And, and I, can, I can tell you, Amiza, the most satisfying part of my career has always been when I meet someone who mm-hmm. I have planted the seeds of greatness in their heart years earlier throughout training and coaching and mentoring. Like, like those who has done it for me, you know, when I was younger, we are all of us where we are because somebody has done it for us, right? Mm -hmm. So I I don't think anyone got where they are purely because of their luck or their effort. So now I'm a lifelong learner, author, management consultant, speaker, and a coach. So sharing is how I show care. And teaching is, is my meaningful way of contributing as a part of this global community. So I have dedicated myself to... Uh, continue improving my craft to uh, create a meaningful impact towards others. That's a really wonderful journey and experience to where you are now. And I like the part where, you know, you you said sharing is how you show care. Mm. That's exactly what our son always say. Sharing is caring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now um, let's talk about your book. Okay. So... What made you decide to write your own book? Well, writing is not really my strength. Uh, But I first got introduced to writing through a very, very dear friend of mine who planted the seeds of teaching and writing profession in me. So I got involved in publication books, Mm -hmm. publication of books. I reviewed and I co-authored a couple of uh, pre-university books back then. And finally, I published my first academic book. It was a dictionary of industrial engineering. So, um, but I always uh, wanted to write a self-help book because as I mentioned, my purpose in life is to touch people's life and helping people to make the world a better place. So I I had been thinking about it for over 10 years. (laughs) I knew strongly I should do it, but it was just not feeling ready. I was sleeping on the goal for many years, to be honest. And I knew I'm not the only one like that. So (laughs) I read many authors are procrastinating to write their very first book for years, thinking that they're not ready. And they just say, maybe next year. (laughs) So, okay. So how how did you overcome your procrastination of writing the book? Uh, Well, it's, uh, it's, this, this is, this is interesting because I... Was it 31st December? Yeah, it was 31st December 2019, uh, which uh, we win at uh, this place called Little England Cottage at Nowara Elia in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. And overseeing those luscious green mountain, like exotic, vibrant flowers while while having our breakfast in a a chilling day. And that's, that's my favorite type of weather and environment. Simply mesmerizing, seriously. Yeah. So while I was enjoying the scenery, 
my mind was wondering about how 2020 is going to be a different year. And uh, what is the big project that I'm going to knock down this year? So 2020 is just like a nice number, right? So balanced, it, it, it just cannot be missed. And I got to do something great. And <laughs> really little that all of us knew that 2020 is going to be the battle of yeah. the century of humanity versus this deadly virus <laughs> and how things are going to turn around. So how I do the goal setting was that every year, the theme was either a family goal, like buying our house, traveling to our dream destination, or it was just like an individual goal, like when I wanted to complete my PhD or getting in shape. So then what I do is uh, I, I, I learn to announce it to everybody, sometimes to my close friends and family, and sometimes I do it in the social media a crazy commitment strategy that I, I learned it actually from Zig Ziglar. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I, I wasn't really a fan of goal setting, but I learned this technique from Zig Ziglar that uh, he, he, was, he was one of the people that in my early 20, he really inspired me about uh, goal setting and uh, what we call it. Uh, so every beginning of the year, I set some goals and then we announce it to everyone I love doing it because uh, it, it gives a sense of direction throughout the year. And uh, I think that time uh, you were like five months pregnant, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Arshan, our, our, our eldest son, was about to become a big brother. So it appeared to me like a family goal uh, will be a better choice. But deep inside, it was this scary but ambitious goal that I have been putting it off for years and, and you know so i'm I, I was keep thinking that i'm not ready for it so of course low self-esteem combined with inability to find the right timing it was something that it was always putting this book you know on hold so i was getting i, I always like getting ready to get ready <laughs> so <laughs> you know i was passionately learning and growing i read tons of books every year, talking to every expert that I had access to. I attended numerous personal and professional growth seminars, travel extensively to different parts of the world, of course, before COVID, mm. <laughs> and uh, getting familiar with different cultures, evaluating timeless lessons that have impacted the generation, you know? So I was putting them into test by applying it on myself mm -hmm. and see whether it affects on um, different people through my training coachings and different speaking engagement. So I have touched thousands of people's life, you know, lots of learning, lots of reflection, m lots of transformation. So slowly, these pieces was coming together. Then I thought maybe 2020 is the year that I must work on one of uh, the, the ultimate goal to publish the, the first self-help book. But the big question was whether, am I really living the life that I'm going to write about in the book? Then this quote came to me from Les Brown. So he said, uh, life is a fight for territory. And once you stop fighting for what you really, really want, what you don't want will automatically take over. Mm. And 
that that really resonates with me. So when I finally knocked down on my most important individual goal, which was completing my PhD uh, back in 2018, which was due for a couple of years, you know, I clearly learned you not necessarily need to change the world. In fact, if you want to, good luck, you know, finishing your PhD, <laughs> as you may never find enough scholars to support <laughs> your ideas. So you just need to add one more brick on top of the wall of knowledge. But I wanted to write a book to build a new wall, you know? So it was a constant debate between this fear and fate that the world needs to hear this, but who am I to put a spotlight on, on an important question of how to be in control of your life and career? And, and, and question uh, that I was asking myself was, am I the man who is in control of his own life and career or not? So finally, I got my courage together. I recorded this video called uh, 2020 One Big Project. I, I spoke about the, the, the plan to write the book and I share it in my LinkedIn, in my YouTube channels and uh, the promise to be kept. So the journey got started. I know the video is going to keep me committed and I needed that pressure. And that's how the whole journey of writing got started. Uh, so... That that's the power of public accountability, right? Yep. To to announce what you want to do, so that you get all this uh, peer pressure, and and people will probably be asking like, oh, have you actually started the book, or um, how's the book, and all that stuff. So yeah. you keep on constantly reminding. Tell you me to, about like, it. <laughs> <laughs> constantly reminding uh, to 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 write and and you know give you that motivation to write every day. Yep. So how how long did you? took um to write the to complete the book uh the i would say like the first draft it took every day mm -hmm. six to seven a.m one hour writing and i did not need even miss one day even during public holiday even or public saturday holiday. sunday no, where every you feel, single day every single day even though you feel like ah oh, today i just want to relax and not write anything yep that's 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 the goal that's the goal so it's a commitment that you're doing every single day of writing and uh i had this this calendar on our mm -hmm. bathroom that every day i needed to tick so when when one day i was about to get lazy i could feel so guilty and i still have it yeah uh, i mean it, it, it's good to put it on the bathroom because every day you brush your teeth Yep. So it's kind of like a reminder that, okay, I brush my teeth. I need to make sure that I tick what I need to do yep. every single day. Yep. Right? So yep. I guess that's that's a good tip. All right. So um, your book will be published in December 2021. The book that you announced to the whole world or rather the whole social media around your social network um, will be out in December 2021. Um, can you give us a sneak peek of the book and why people should read it? So you see, we all know um, most of our daily decisions are based on being controlled by someone or something, mm -hmm. right? So there are very few decisions that we are making on a day-to-day -day basis, which is important decisions, uh, that we are in control. So uh, the book begins with part one of being in control, which is consciousness. This is the core of being in control. 
the ability to be aware and stay mindful of the fact that while not everything is within our control, the best life live is by design and the outcome of someone who dares to take the leap of fate and keep on moving outward. Mm -hmm. The second part of the book talks about the three cornerstone, which is contentment, uh, the ability to live a happy life with no regret, which describes happiness, and then conversion, which is the ability and aspiration to stay ahead of progress, which promotes growth, Mm -hmm. and consistency, which is the discipline to stay committed, to see the change, which highlights the importance of self-control and persistence. That is meant uh, to make this system uh, sustainable. So these three cornerstones should not be ignored uh, because without it, life loses its meaning. So then it comes the 12 columns of in control. Uh, you may encounter these 12 aspects at different stages of in life, which is the first one is character. Uh, the ability to always stay in control of our actions and thoughts. The second one is curiosity, the desire to know more, do more, and add value to whatever we do. The third one is connection, which is the ability to be likable and charismatic. The fourth one is the courage, the ability to get out of our comfort zone. Then the next comes condition, the ability to retain a healthy state of our body, our mind, and our soul. Then it's companion, which is the ability to pick the right circle around us. Then it's collaboration, which is the ability to boost the spirit of uh, togetherness and inclusion by thinking and acting as a team. Then it's compass, which the ability to make wise decisions and pick the right direction in our life and career. Then it's communication, which is the ability to make everything so simple so that everybody can understand. Then competency, which uh, I found that our confident level, it's always equal to our competent level. Then of course, cash, the ability to store, invest, and smartly grow our wealth. And finally, its contribution. So the ability and desire to make the world a better place to live for everybody. So these 16 C's are something that we all need to be mindful of so that we can step into our journey to be in control of our life and career. So being in control puts us in a position of being against many people and things. So challenges the norm, it confronts uh, the, uh, what we call it as the brutal reality of our present moment. It feels like leaving many of the rules and principles of the modern society behind. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. most of us are living in a world that we are pretty much fixated based uh, on the foundation of hierarchies and bureaucracies. Even the most democratic nations are failing to educate us with life skills that design for uh, the sole purpose of empowering us to be in control of our life. So then it comes this quote to my mind that 
has been evolved in decades from people to people. I, I, I really wish I knew who has started it real for the first time. So the quote is that, if not me, who? If not now, when? Mm. So I know people needed to hear these thoughts. I was confident this book will truly transform people's life. Maybe not all, but what if it can become a movement? Yeah. And um, I, I, that's where I know I need to act right now. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting when you mentioned about like, if not me, who, uh, if not now, when? Um, and, and, you know, um, the, the, the fact that y- you want to change and touch uh, people's life through uh, this, this kind of movement, right? Um, and everyone deserves to to live in, um, a life where it is, you know, they have complete control how they want to design it. Yep. Yeah. So, but um, based on your study, I'm sure that when you write all this, um, your, your content uh, in the book, right? Um, which are the authors um, who you think that spoke about living an in-control life? Uh, who, who do you learn um, that from? Yeah. Uh, every, every, every author that I admired my whole life went around the idea of becoming a person who is in control of their life. It seems like mm-hmm. everybody knows it, but very few ask for it directly in a holistic way as there are more than one aspect that we all need to be in control, to live a truly in control life and career. For example, um, uh, Tony Robbins, you know, he talked about the power of choices. Jim Rohn, who I admire my whole life, emphasized on the importance of discipline in order to get to your best self. Dale Carnegie, legendary Dale Carnegie, wrote about stop worrying and stop leaving, you know. And uh, the recent authors, for example, like Mel Robbins, you know, highlighted the power of decisions to start the new you. You know, Carol Dweck, the author of Growth Mindset, he simply challenges our belief system to grow. John Ashraf, the guy who was part of um, uh, The Secret, you know. Mm -hmm. So he said the greatest gift of the human being is awareness that gives us choices and choices gives us Gives, uh, gives us freedom. Or, or people like Vishen Lakhiani uh, challenges, uh, he call it as rules, the, the bullshit rules that society has created for us to keep us controlled. And, and I, can, I can quote hundreds of authors who move the needle very close to the main questions that is human being can and should really be in control of its life. You know, so it's easy to say, exceptionally hard to execute. But one thing I can guarantee you, living an in-control life will never happen by accident. It's very intentional and it starts when one makes the decision to take the first step. Thank you, Reza, for sharing your childhood memories and your inspiring stories, as well as a bit of a idea or sneak peek of the book of In Control. You're welcome. Yeah. All right, guys. 
I hope this conversation has inspired you to know more and learn more with us. In our next episode, we're going to talk about the core of living an in-control life, which is consciousness. Because an in-control life is a conscious life. It's not accidental. It's intentional. So don't forget to tune in to our podcast next Sunday. Love to have you around and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.